Hey, y'all. Today is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be what? Glad in it. Comment down below if you finish that scripture with me. So my name is Shantavia, but you can call me Shay, and I am your host of Obedience Podcast. Here at Obedience Podcast, our mission is to simply obey. Obey is an acronym that stands for O, obeying God, B, believing in God's word, E, evolving through Christ Jesus, and Y, yielding to Holy Spirit. So if you think that you'll be interested in our content, if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to hit that subscribe button down below. And if you're listening on any of our podcasts and platforms, be sure to hit that follow button so you all are notified every single time we upload. But for all of my returning subscribers and listeners, welcome back and let's go ahead and jump into this episode. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 42 of Obedience Podcast. It's such an honor to have you here because you could have been anywhere in the world, but you chose to be here with me, and that is such an honor. So before I even get deep into this episode, I do have to invite my co-host in, Holy Spirit. So let's take a moment and bow our heads in prayer. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. I want to thank you so much for allowing me to get on this platform another week. I want to thank you that we are in the Advent season and we can celebrate your birth and everything that your birth gave us. Once again, Lord, thank you for what you did on the cross for us and saving us for eternity so we can live out this life sin free. We thank you so much for that. I pray that through this episode, someone learns something new about you and your birth that they never learned before, and they see your birth through new eyes and new ears this holiday season. Lord, I pray that as I go through this episode, if you have anything that you want to bring into my remembrance, that you do so. And Lord, I just pray that this episode does exactly what you need it to do. And in this episode, I pray for more of you and less of me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, so now that I've welcomed my co-host in, let's go ahead and jump into this episode. So first of all, did y'all miss me? Because I miss y'all. I want to thank y'all so much for allowing me to have a break last week after the craziness of Thanksgiving. I do appreciate that. That break was well needed. As you guys see, if you're watching on the video portion of the episode, as I was gone, I set up the Christmas tree for the podcast. We have a holiday theme in the background and I love it so much. So y'all let me know if you're watching right now how you like it. And also, I am doing Vlogmas this year. So if you follow me over on YouTube, you'll be able to see me every single day for 25 days leading up to Christmas. So Vlogmas is off to a great start. We are already five days in when I'm recording this. Everybody who's been watching Vlogmas, welcome to Vlogmas Day 6. I am so happy that you are here and you're sticking into Vlogmas. I truly, truly appreciate it and I hope that you are enjoying it so far. And if you are used to the vlogs, this is a very different setup. This is my professional podcast setup. So everybody who is part of the podcast family, they welcome you and they beg you to be a part of the podcast family as well. If you think that you'll be interested, definitely hit that 
subscribe button down below. And if you happen to be listening on the podcasting platforms, click the link in the show notes so you can go ahead and head over to my YouTube page to see what this vlogmas is all about. You will not be disappointed, I promise. So the podcast episodes that are going to happen during the month of December are going to be a little different than what you guys are used to because we're in the Christmas mood, you know? So I'm not going to have high and low moments for the first two episodes. I'm thinking about if I'm going to have it on the third, still pondering that, but we're going to just focus on the nativity story. Have y'all heard about that before? I'm sure y'all have, but y'all have never heard my version of it. Well, not my version of it, but you know, my teaching of it. Let's, let's say it like that because the story isn't going to change, okay? It's set in stone, but I always try to revisit the nativity story every year of Christmas just so I can get a new word. You know, the Bible is the living word, and so it always moves according to what you need in whatever season that you are in. And I can honestly say that every single time that I've read the nativity story, I've always gotten something different out of it. So I'm so happy to share with y'all what I got out of it this year. But now that I got all of those introductions out of the way, let's go ahead and jump into the first part of the nativity story. Now, I am going to break this story up into two parts. So we are going to start in Luke for this episode. We're going to do Luke chapter one. And then in the next episode, we're going to jump into a little bit of Matthew and then go back to Luke. Skip around a little bit. And then also, if you've never tuned into any of the Seek Bible studies that I do over on my YouTube channel, which Seek is a live interactive Bible study that I do every single Thursday, this is going to give you a sneak peek into what Seek Bible study is like. Because literally in Seek Bible study, we take a passage and we read like verse by verse and I stop and I come in on the verse. So this is kind of like going to be like a real time Bible study. So hopefully you guys enjoy. And if you like prefer the regular podcast set up don't worry it's coming back i just want to do something a little different for the holiday seasons and if you're watching another video y'all see i did i got a little dressed up i got a little spruced up because i said it's holiday season i need to look festive all right let's get started so this part of the nativity story is going to be called mary did you know did you know mary so let's get into it so if you have your bibles let's turn to luke chapter 1 verse 5 and my bible actually titles this gabriel predicts john's birth now before jesus was even born we had someone very important be born before jesus that's actually the first birth that we're going to get into today so let's find out what happened with john's parents verse 5 says in the days of king herod of judea there was a priest of the abijah division named Zechariah. His wife was from the daughters of Aaron and her name was Elizabeth. That is verse five. And I definitely have some notes for verse five. So let's get into it. So the first thing I want to point out is that King Herod, he was actually half Jewish. He was king. Let me do it in quotes. King of the Jews at this time, he was appointed the king of the Jews by the Roman officials. So the Jews didn't actually look at him as their official king because the Roman people actually decided to make him king. And then we also noticed that Zechariah was a priest and also his wife Elizabeth was a daughter of Aaron, which if you don't know, all the priests, they came from the tribe of the Levites. You remember, there are 12 tribes of Israel, and God actually appointed all of the Levites to hold priestly duties. 
And so Zechariah was from the line of Levi and he was a priest. And at this time, there were like tons of Levites. So they had actually been broken down into 24 divisions and each division would serve for two weeks at a time. So Zechariah happened to be a part of Abijah's division. If you want to read about that, you can find that in 1 Chronicles chapter 24 verses 7 through 18. That's when God actually broke down all the divisions. So reading into the scripture again, verse 6 says, both were righteous in God's sight, living without blame, according to all the commands and requirements of the Lord. So basically, Zachariah and Elizabeth, it didn't get any better than them. Like, God saw how righteous they were. He saw, like, that their heart was for him. They just weren't living out the scripture just to make sure that they were following all the laws. They actually had a heart for God, and God noticed that. He saw that they lived without blame. In verse 7, it says, but they had no children because Elizabeth could not conceive, and both of them were well along in years. Isn't this a recurring thing that we see in the book of the Bible? Like a lot of the times, these ladies have a hard time conceiving, and they have to put their trust in God the entire time that they're waiting to conceive. Some stories that I can think of off the top of my head is Father Abraham with Sarah. You know how long they had to wait? Even Rachel had to wait a while before she had her son. And then also you have Hannah in 1 Samuel who was like, praying so much that people thought that she was drunk at the temple for her son Samuel and Samuel was like a very profound prophet during the times of David and now here we have Elizabeth well along in years with her husband Zechariah and they are living righteous like verse 6 says they were living without blame and they did not have children now at this time a lot of the people put it as if if you don't have children, then therefore you did something wrong in the sight of God. Or that wasn't necessarily true because as we see in verse 6, God knew that they were righteous. But God was holding back their child for a specific reason. So let's keep reading. So in verse 8, it says, When his division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, it happened that he was chosen by Lot according to the custom of priesthood to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. I love verse 9 because it makes me chuckle every single time I read it. It happened that he was chosen by a lot. Now, first of all, it didn't just happen. God made it happen, okay? The first verse I thought of was Proverbs 16 and 33. Have y'all read that before? The lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision. It's from the Lord. So if you guys don't know what lots are, they're pretty much like a dice that they used to roll back in the day to make decisions. And so that's why Proverbs 16 and 33 is so profound because it lets us know, yes, you're rolling a dice to make this decision, but the Lord is determining which side it lands on, basically. So yes, these people, they rolled a lot in order to determine who would go into the temple and actually light the incense that had to be lit. But God knew that he needed Zechariah to go into that temple, so he made sure it landed on Zechariah so he could go in that temple. 
And if you were wondering, like, the background of as to why Zechariah had to go in there, it is found in Exodus 30, verses 7 through 10. And so Zechariah is chosen at this time. He goes into the temple and picking back up in scripture, starting at verse 11, it says, An angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the altar of incense. Now, I love how descriptive because the angel standing to the right is very significant. Not by happenstance, I tell you, because y'all know anything that's on the right is the right side of God. You know, even they say Jesus sits at the right hand of God. So whenever something is positioned to the right of you, it's very important. So picking back up at verse 12, it says, when Zachariah saw him, he was terrified and overcome with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your prayer has been heard. Let's stop right there. Zechariah saw this angel and he was absolutely terrified at the sight of this angel. And the first question I thought about when I read that scripture was, have you ever been terrified in a situation that would actually answer your prayer. Me personally, I know I've been in that position. And if y'all are loyal listeners of the podcast, y'all probably get tired of me talking about this. But listen, until God tells me to stop talking about it, I'm going to keep talking about it. So y'all need to take y'all beef up with him. (laughs) But I remember so vividly when my old co-host decided that she was going to quit the show. I was terrified in that situation, but it was a situation that would answer Many, many prayers that I had prayed many times before. Now, don't get me wrong. The prayers were never, Lord, let me do solo podcasting, but we can't determine how the Lord answered prayers, right? The prayer was, Lord, allow me to grow more in you. Lord, allow me to get to a thousand subscribers. Lord, allow me to have more faith in you. Also, I was going through that fearless journey at the time. And so through those prayers that I asked for the way that God answered the prayer, the situation that he put me in. I was terrified in that situation. I I remember like the night that she told me I was boohoo crying like I was Zachariah seeing an angel in front of me. But sometimes God does put us in situations that's going to answer our prayers. I know I talked about in a recent Vlogmas episode, sometimes God will put you in, in uncomfortable situations so you can hear him. So you can get to something. And this is what's going on with Zachariah right now. He was praying a prayer as he was in the temple. And out of nowhere, he just sees this frightening angel come. And he's in a situation that makes him fearful and terrified. But this situation is going to be the catalyst of how his prayers answer. So let's keep reading in the scripture. Picking back up where I stopped in verse 13, the angel says, your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you will name him John. Now, y'all know I love definitions. I love meanings. And the name John actually means the Lord is gracious. You've waited so long for this, but I have now come to answer your prayer. And not only am I going to answer your prayer, like your son is going to be a big deal in the story of my son, Jesus Christ. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that amazing, I should say? Remember John's name. There's going to be a significant continuance of the importance of his name and a couple of scriptures down. So just remember that tidbit, okay? 
And then continuing on in scripture, the angel tells Zechariah in verse 14, there will be a joy and delight for you and many will rejoice at his birth. Going to verse 15, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord and will never drink wine or beer. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit while still in his mother's womb. He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. So not only is God answering Zechariah's prayer, he's also giving him all the details of everything that's going to happen. And let me tell you something. This is very rare because, you know, a couple years ago, God told me to start the podcast, but I didn't have all the details of what I'm sitting in now. I didn't know at the time I was going to be sitting here by myself. I didn't know at the time I was going to have all this production in the background. <laughs> I just was like, let me be obedient and start this podcast and look where I'm at now. And there's no telling where I'm going to be in the future. But God was being so gracious with Zachariah with telling him everything that was going to happen how great his son was going to be. And what I want y'all to remember too from this part of the story is he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while still in his mother's womb. Now, this is very significant, so remember that, okay? Jot it down in your notes if you're taking notes, and then we're going to keep on reading, okay? We're going to actually pick up at verse 18. So the angel is done talking now, and Zechariah says, How can I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years. This reminds me of when Sarah laughed. Y'all remember when the three visitors came to Abraham and Sarah, and they told Abraham that she was going to have a son, and she chuckled. She laughed in disbelief because she didn't think it could happen because of her age. Here we have Zechariah doing the exact same thing. This angel is like in his face. Like this is not some vision or dream. He is wide awake in this moment in the temple. And this angel comes to him and is talking to him. And he's just like, well, how can this happen? Now, listen, I'm not going to talk about Zechariah that much because a lot of us do this, including myself. A lot of the times God will tell us to do something. And we're just like, well, how? how why what if we question we have to realize that we've been in the same situation there's something out there that God instructed you to do or told you would come to pass and you're just sitting there in the same words as Zachariah how can I know this no not the right response not the correct posture Just know if God said it's going to come to pass, it's going to come to pass. It may take a while. It may take longer than you want it to take, but it's going to come to pass. So in verse 19, the angel answered him saying, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. And I was sent to speak to you and to tell you the good news. Now, the fact that the angel named himself may seem insignificant if you're not into the Old Testament like I am, okay? This is why I love the Old Testament. It connects so perfectly to the New Testament and it's so essential to the New Testament because it connects everything. Let's talk about Gabriel telling Zechariah who he is is why is that so important. So, Zechariah being a priest, he read the scriptures, he read the laws, and he knew exactly 
who Gabriel was because Gabriel was mentioned in the book of Daniel in chapter 8 and 9. Gabriel's name is spoken in those books. And so Zechariah knew exactly who Gabriel was. He heard about him before. He knew exactly who he was. And that is why Gabriel started with that, like, I am Gabriel, you know me. And then he also told him, I've been sent to tell you the good news. And I love that too, because if y'all don't know about John the Baptist's story, he was sent before Christ to tell people the good news of Christ, about the coming of Christ. Here we have right here where he's like, I was sent to tell you the good news. He's doing exactly what John is going to do for Jesus. Now, what happened to Zechariah as a result of his doubtfulness, I pray never happens to you. So let's keep reading so we can find out what happens to Zechariah. It says, now listen, you will become silent and unable to speak until the day these things take place. Because you did not believe my words, which would be fulfilled in their proper time. As a consequence, Zechariah is silent. He goes mute. He cannot talk until John is born. So this is an entire nine plus months because, okay, we got to remember like at this time, Elizabeth is not pregnant. He has to go and get Elizabeth pregnant. So it's not just nine months. It's going to be longer than nine months that he's going to be unable to speak. And then he can't even tell his wife all these things that are going to happen because he cannot speak. And I want to um, point something out, too. I was listening to a video from Hoso Leah Elizabeth over on YouTube. I'll be sure to list this video down in the show notes below. But in the video, she used this story to talk about the importance of watching your words. And that video was so profound over my life. Since then, I've like been sure like to correct my speech. Like I don't even claim anxiety no more. I don't say my anxiety. I say the anxiety because it's not associated with me. Okay, definitely go and check that video out to get more information on the power of your tongue, okay? And then another thing that I loved about verse 20, the last part of it where Gabriel says, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. My gosh, y'all know that famous scripture, Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. There is a season and a time for everything. And it has to be fulfilled at its proper time. Now, I'm not going to lie to y'all. Living out this scripture is so, so difficult. In this season of my life, there's so many things that I'm waiting on. And I have to continue to tell myself, like, yes, sis, you're waiting. But don't dwell in the waiting. Dwell on the things that have been answered for you already. And it's really hard sometimes because it's in your face. It's not like far away. I just feel like I can reach out and grab it sometimes. But you still have to be patient. Like even when my watch out was on YouTube, y'all, I feel like I can just reach out and grab those watch hours. I am so close to 4,000, but I'm not there yet. I'm, but I feel like I can reach out and grab it, but I'm still waiting. And I have to just tell myself like at the proper time, Things will happen just like God made sure Zechariah was the one chosen to go into the temple. You will not miss the thing that God has for you. 
And I have to tell myself that all the time, especially like right now in my life too, if we talk about dating, I'm like, I'm not going out. Like I'm not going to meet somebody if I don't go out here in these streets. But I have to remind myself like, well, Shay, if, if, if it's the man that God has for you, boo, you're not going to miss him. But living it out, it's easier said than done. Y'all know. Y'all have been there. And I also know that sometimes I'm like, okay, well, Lord, what did I do? Like, what am I not doing? Like, how can I speed this process up? And sometimes it's not about what you haven't done. It's literally about at the proper time. God needs everything to align before he can present this person to you or before he can present this blessing to you. Even if I go back and I talk about my car testimony, if I had gotten my car when I first initially wanted it in 2019, I probably would have gotten the car taken away because I could not afford the car. (laughs) I could not not afford the car payments. But at the proper time, God allowed me to pay some bills off, get, get my money in order, get me a financial advisor so everything was working out, paying debt off aggressively. And then next thing you know, this blessing just, boom, pops up out of nowhere at the proper time. And that is what Gabriel is telling Zachariah is going to happen. All of this will be fulfilled at the proper time. So whatever God has told you that he's going to do in your life or whatever God tells you that he wants you to do in your life or whatever he promised you is going to happen at the proper time. You just have to wait. So let's go ahead and go to verse 21, because in verse 21, Gabriel has gone away and now Zechariah is like walking back outside. Now I want to point out when Zechariah was on the inside, people were outside waiting on him. So like all of this is going on. I bet you it took longer than necessary. And those people was like, uh, where is Zechariah? But you know, everybody just can't go inside the temple. So they're just like, okay, where is this dude at? <laughs> Can you imagine waiting on him? And so verse 21 says, Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah, amazed that he stayed so long in the sanctuary. (laughs) When he did come out, he could not speak to them. Then they realized that he had seen a vision in the sanctuary. He was making signs to them and remained speechless. When the days of his ministry were completed, he went back home. Let's go back up to verse 22. Why the people were outside waiting on him? Because after you went inside the temple and came out, you were required to give a priestly blessing. And here's Zachariah, like, cannot speak, doing American Sign Language, probably not American. So probably like Israeli Sign Language. That's probably what he was doing. But he was doing Sign Language, probably the one of the first people to do Sign Language in the Bible at the time. But the part of verse 22 that I want to focus on right now is where it says, they realized that he had seen a vision in the sanctuary. I wanted to read an excerpt out of my study Bible. I do have the Life Application Study Bible. I will leave this in the show notes below if you are interested in checking it out. If you are watching the video portion, you can see this is one of four bibles that i have highly recommend this bible but i will say if you do get this bible sis get the large print especially if you have vision like me because it is very tiny fun let me read the excerpt for y'all so it says god used even zachariah's doubts for good 
His inability to speak gave evidence to others that something powerful had happened. So it helped them believe as well. Look for ways God may be at work in your life to help others believe, even in your most adverse circumstances. So my favorite part of that excerpt, of course, is the question or the prompt where it says, look for ways God may be at work in your life to help others believe. And that just hit me like, wow, like what you're going through is not just for you. Because I can't even lie. Many, 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 many times I'm just like, okay, well, I'm just going to take a pause on the podcast. And I'm, whew, I didn't know I was going to talk about this, but I literally was texting a friend right before I hit record. And I just was like, something has to break. Like something has to give. Like I am so tired of waking up and clocking in to my nine to five job. And I was like, I know I can't quit because there's nothing else out there for me. Well, there's stuff out there, but there's nothing else that I want to do. Like, I want to do podcasting full time. There's nothing else I want to do. Like, it doesn't make sense to me to leave a job that I don't like to just go to another job that I'm not going to like. That's not going to, like, fulfill me. And there's so many benefits to my job, too, so... I'm not just like ran to leave to find another job because that's not the issue. The issue is I want to work full time in ministry. My friend was just like, well, maybe you should, you know, reduce the podcast schedule a little bit. And I was thinking, well, well, maybe I can, you know, do the episodes biweekly. Maybe I can like take a, take a, take a, um, take a step back. But as I'm sitting here talking to y'all, I can't take a step back because that one week maybe a week that y'all need and another thing like too like I know that God wants me here because he keeps giving me things over and over again I did a fast in November and during that fast I was listening to one of my pastor's sermons and he talked about how whenever he gets ready to minister on a stage in front of a group of people Holy Spirit always sends him ideas. He's never having to struggle when it comes to, okay, what is my sermon going to be about? He says, because that is what God purposed him for. Like God is going to make sure everything comes to you easy when it comes to your purpose, as far as ideas and things like that. And I was just like, my gosh, that's so true because I'm never stressed out about ideas for the podcast, like legit God has given me every single episode for quarter one of 2023. All I got to do is film them. Like, if if God didn't want me here, why would he have given me three months of episodes already? It just all came. Like, I promise y'all, it was like flowing. Like, it was not like, okay, well, what am I going to do? It all happened before 12 o'clock that afternoon, I promise y'all. But it's because I'm in what I need to be in. But there are times where I'm like, this is too much. What keeps me going, even when I don't have the strength that I need, I think about the people I'm helping. I think about my viewers. I think about my listeners. I think about the messages that they send me and how this ministry is helping them so much, how it's helping them grow, how the lives help them read the Bible and understand the Bible in ways that they've never understood it before. and. That just tells me, oh, Shay, this is, this is so much above you. 
This isn't about you. This is about them. God put you here for them. I mean, you get a lot of benefits along the way. You do learn more about God along the way. You do learn how to trust in him more along the way. But this isn't about you, sis. This is about all the viewers and listeners that you have out there. You can't give up on them. <laughs> I wrote these notes a couple weeks ago, but right now they're speaking so profoundly to me based on a conversation I like literally just had with my friend. And that's just God looking out for you. He, he sends you what you need, even when you don't know you need it. And as I read this question, I am reassured that there is no way I'm supposed to stop this podcast. Not right now. Maybe he'll assign me to something later on in the future, but not right now, sis. Not right now. And that's just encouragement for myself. And you may be out there about to quit something that God told you to do, and just not right now. God is telling you, not right now. Not right now, brother. Uh, not right now, daughter. Not right now, son. Not right now. If you can't look at the benefits that it's doing for you, look at the benefits of what it's doing for other people. It's not about you. <laughs> Even if we take it away from other people, it's still not about you. It's all about glorifying God, if we look at it from that perspective as well. All right, so now that I finished my little TED talk, <laughs> my little sermonette, let's get back into the scripture. So verse 24 tells us that after these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and kept herself in seclusion for five months. So what God promises already coming to pass, Elizabeth decided to be private for five months. But let's find out what happened in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, okay? So we're going to go to verse 26. And our good bro, Gabriel, is back on the scene in these next verses, except he's talking to Mary this time, okay? So verse 26 says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth. So a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Now, y'all know that virgin just means that you've never been with anyone physically before. That's a really big deal in this time because men wanted their wives to be virgins. Like most of the time, if a young lady was not a virgin, that young lady was never going to get married. She was going to be a concubine for the rest of her life. Mary's in a good spot right now. She's a virgin. She's about to be engaged. Everything is going good in her life. Gabriel comes to Mary and he tells Mary, greetings, favorite woman. <laughs> that word favorite, I love it. The Lord is with you. And then verse 29 tells us, but she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting could this be? Then the angel told her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now, I want to stop right there. I want to talk about what Gabriel says twice. So first, he called Mary a favored woman. And then in verse 30, he tells her that she's found favor with God. Now, let's look up the definition of favor. So favor as a noun is approval, support, or liking for someone or something. And then as a verb, it means feel or show approval or preference for. God approves of Mary. God has found favor in you. It's not just Mary that he found favor in. You are favored in God's eyes. If you are a child of God, he favors you. 
God does not have a favorite. I have to tell myself that a lot, too, because I'm just like, oh, well, God likes them better. So, But he doesn't. He looks at everybody the same. He has no favorite. He has no prejudices. He is just a God of people. Like He loves all his creations. So Mary has God's approval. And I want you to know, you have God's approval as well. Even in the mistakes that you've made, even in the sin that you've committed, you have God's favor. A quote that I heard recently when I was watching a podcast, and it has stuck with me. It's like embedded in my heart right now because it's definitely something I needed. But she said that God is never disappointed in you. Because he has no expectation for you. He already knows, or he already knew that you were going to sin. That was the whole purpose of him sending Jesus down. So when you make a mistake, don't look at it as if God is disappointed in you. Because he didn't have any expectations of you anyway. He's not disappointed in you. He loves you. He favors you. So just remember that if you happen to be in this season where you're just feeling like, well, God is so upset with me. Remember, he already knew. That's why he sent Jesus down. He just wants a personal relationship with you. He wants you to come to him and repent and try to do better. You know, he's all about relationship. So let's get reading into Gabriel's dialogue. So in verse 31, he says, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end. That's a lot, okay? That's a lot. But we see in this scripture that Gabriel also tells Mary what she's going to name Jesus, just like she told Zechariah what they were going to name John. And Jesus means the Lord saves. And my study Bible actually pointed out that Jesus is the Greek word for Joshua. And and do y'all remember what Joshua did? If y'all don't, it's in the Old Testament. Definitely go and check it out. <laughs> Shameless plug for the Old Testament, but Joshua was the person who led the Israelite people into the promised land. You know, Abraham got them there. He got them prepared and they failed him greatly. So it was actually Joshua who took the people into the promised land. And we have Jesus, which is the same name as Joshua, just a Greek word for Joshua, which means the Lord saves. And here is Jesus leading us into eternal life. That just was so good to me. And in these set of scriptures that we just read, it actually answers the question to this episode. So yes, Mary knew. She knew because Gabriel told her in verses 31 through 33, he told her everything that Jesus was going to do. So Mary knew before she even had conceived. I think that is so profound because God like laid it all out to her like, listen, Listen, daughter, this is what's going to happen. And if we continue reading, we see in verse 34 that Mary actually responds to Gabriel and she says, well, how can this be since I have not had sexual relations with a man? And then Gabriel tells her exactly how it's going to happen. Like God made sure Mary knew everything leading up to this. Gabriel tells Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Gabriel continues in verse 36 and says, and consider your relative Elizabeth (laughs) at the proper time, y'all, and consider your relative Elizabeth. 
Even she has conceived a son her old age, and this is the sixth month for her, who was called childless, for nothing will be impossible with God. Now, the reason I chuckled and, and I said at the proper time is because Elizabeth couldn't get pregnant before the time because she needed to get pregnant six months before Mary. So one, John could come before Jesus. And then two, so God could use the proof of Elizabeth being pregnant to encourage Mary. So sometimes things won't happen in your life when you want them to happen because it's not time. Everything won't align the correct way it's supposed to align. And I tell myself that all the time with me being single and not having kids. Like if I had kids, I cannot help my family as much as I help them out. I am like the go-to babysitter. Like they wouldn't have that if it wasn't for me. Like if, if you can't pick them up, oh, I can pick them up for you. And I wouldn't be able to do that if I had kids at this time in my life. And I tell myself too, like, girl, you know, when you have kids, they're going to be a little older and then they can watch your kids. You got built-in babysitters as well. <laughs> and verse 36 also helps prove to us what we talked about a little earlier about looking for ways that God is at work in your life to help others believe. God used this example to help Mary, like I mentioned. And so after Mary hears all of this, she says in verse 38, see, I am the Lord's servant. May it happen to me as you have said. Then Gabriel left. Now, isn't that a vast difference between what happened when Zachariah heard what was going to happen to him compared to what Mary said after Gabriel told her what was going to happen. And the thing that I loved about this too, and it just goes back to God is a gracious God. He's a gentleman. He gave Mary a choice. He did not force this upon her. And because it was a choice, it's so much more profound than if God would have forced it on her. Because the choice that Mary made is so important. I literally sat there and I thought about like how conflicting this was to Mary's life. So y'all remember a little while earlier, I told y'all that, you know, Mary's at a good place in her life. One, she's a virgin, so she's definitely going to get married. And then she has a fiance. So you know, her life is just about to start. Everything is good for Mary. But here comes this angel Gabriel telling her, okay, listen, you're going to get pregnant. I, listen, I know you, you haven't been married yet, and I know you haven't had intercourse, but listen, we need this to happen before you actually get married, okay, um, and have intercourse. And do you know everything that Mary was going to lose? Do you know the consequences of saying yes to what God said? She knew what the consequences would be of walking around pregnant in this town and not being married. She had so much to lose. Mary had so much to lose. For one, she could have lost her reputation because she would have told people, listen, this is Holy Spirit's baby. It came over me and it made me pregnant. People would have been like, okay, this fool is crazy. <laughs> Joe, you sure you want to marry her? Because um, she's not right, okay? And then what if Joseph would have listened? Then she could have lost her fiancé. Because 
Can you imagine Mary being like, okay, Joseph, like, listen, I'm pregnant, but 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 listen, I did not have intercourse with anybody, okay? God got me pregnant. And Joseph was like, okay, I'm out of here. Like, boo, no, like, no. no. <laughs> and I wouldn't have blamed him at that time. Like, I would be like, yeah, sis is crazy. <laughs> and then also another thing that Mary could have lost was her life. So if Joseph would have left her, then she would not have gotten married. And then everybody would have looked at her as not being a virgin. And so she would have never gotten married again. So she would have never had a life. She would have always just been stuck trying to think for herself or be a concubine to somebody. All of that was at stake. But Mary looked past all of that. And she said, okay, the most important thing right now is to be obedient. Like, I've heard what Gabriel told me is going to happen. And I'm going to be obedient to my Lord. And that's what Mary did. Maybe God is telling you to do something that's going to have consequences, like crazy consequences. But have the obedience of Mary and just say yes. Because what's on the other side of that obedience could be amazing. Look at what was on the other side of Mary's obedience. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, was on the other side of her obedience. And she didn't even question it. She didn't, like, twiddle her fingers, her thumbs. She didn't twiddle her thumbs. She didn't say, well, let me think about it, Lord. She didn't move like that. She just said, may it happen to me. That's the kind of obedience I want to have. And, I, and I'm not going to lie to y'all. Like, I don't always have that kind of obedience. Even though I know this podcast is called Obedience Podcast, I'm just striving to walk in obedience. But this is the kind of obedience that I would like to have in my life. Going back to scripture, Gabriel is gone. And now Mary is like, okay, Gabriel told me about Elizabeth. So let me go check out what's going on with Elizabeth. So in verse 39, it tells us that in those days, Mary set out and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judah, where she entered Zachariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped inside of her and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Y'all remember earlier in verse 15, Gabriel told Zechariah that the baby was going to be filled with the Holy Spirit inside the mother's womb. Verse 41 is that fulfillment. As soon as Mary walked into that house and greeted Elizabeth, that baby, John, heard Mary. At that time, Mary had already conceived Jesus. He was just a little naked and when she walked into that house, John leaped inside of her and was filled with the Holy Spirit. And also Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, what I what that is 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 is, is prompting me in my in my spirit, in my mind, because it's not in my notes. But what that is prompting me about is what is attached to you is so essential to your life. John was attached to Mary at this time. He was literally attached to her umbilical cord, literally attached to her. And he, John, caught the spirit. So as a result, Elizabeth also caught the spirit. So what are you attaching yourself to? And I and I, I tell myself this a lot when, you know, I'm preventing myself from dating. You don't want to attach yourself to somebody that's not going to do any good for you. 
You don't want to attach yourself to somebody that's going to drain you. You want to attach yourself to someone that's not going to understand your ministry. Because whatever you attach yourself to, you're going to feed off of. And this is a great example of that. (laughs) Elizabeth was attached to John. And as a result, she was filled with the Holy Spirit because John was filled with the Holy Spirit. So you want to attach yourself to people that's going to help you advance in this kingdom, that's going to help you grow closer to God, that's going to help you understand God's word. Because as I'm prompted in the spirit to get on here and share an episode with you, if you are attached to this podcast, then therefore you have what God shared with me. What are you attaching yourself to? Are you attaching yourself to a bunch of drama? Are you attaching yourself to things that's not your business, like other people's business? What are you attaching yourself to? Going back to the scripture, verse 42, when Elizabeth gets filled with the spirit, she cries out, blessed are you among women and your child will be blessed. How could this happen to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For you see, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped for joy inside of me. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill what he has spoken to her. Ooh, that's so good. Verse 43, where it says, how could this happen to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? This was confirmation for Mary of everything that the angel Gabriel had just told her. And what I wrote in my notes is, this is something that God does. God did it just a couple minutes ago in the podcast when I had a note written down that helped me in a situation, a conversation that I was literally having today. God will send you what you need as you walk through your purpose. He will send you encouragement. He will send you donations. He will send you things that you never even thought that you needed as you walk out your purpose. This is for encouragement for somebody out there right now that's walking in their purpose. And you're like, well, Lord, I need something. Lord, I need something. He is going to send it. I promise. And then the next thing that I have a note down is for verse 45, where it says, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill what has spoken to her. Do you believe what the Lord has spoken to you? Elizabeth was saying, blessed is she who believed the Lord. But what if this question is posed to you and that she is you? Do you believe what the Lord told you? Do you believe that you're going to be debt free? Do you believe that you're going to have a successful ministry? Do you believe that you're going to graduate? Do you believe that you're going to get that car paid, that you're going to get that house paid off? Do you believe that you're going to have generational wealth for your children? Do you believe that you're going to get that new job? Shoot, I'm even, I'm even going to go a little bit, a little bit uh, vain because I know some people pray for it, but do you believe your hands going to grow? Do you believe you're going to lose that weight? Whatever God has said he's going to bless you with, he will do. He is not a God that he shall lie. That's not something that he does. And then we're going to get into scripture and get into the last verses for today's reading. We're actually going to skip down a couple verses to verse 57. Now, we skipped a couple chapters. Mary did a whole song. Y'all can go and research that on your own. But we're going to go ahead and skip to the birth and naming of John. In verse 57, it tells us, Now the time had come for Elizabeth to give birth, and she had a son, just like Gabriel said she would. 
Then her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her his great mercy and they rejoiced with her. When they came to circumcise the child on the eighth day, they were going to name him Zechariah after his father. But his mother responded, no, he will be called John. So we have these people who, who, who don't know about the prophecy that has been prophesied to Zechariah. Either Zechariah had told Mary, hey, we're going to name him John. Like maybe he wrote it down or maybe God just intervened and prompted Elizabeth. No, you're going to name him John. But we have her standing her ground. And I think this is so funny because I know it happens. It happens a lot with my family. But you have her relatives. I'm sure they're a little bit older than her. She looks up to them. And they're saying, okay, we're going to name this baby Zachariah. They're not even letting her choose, you know. And this is a custom that a lot of people would do is name the um, son after their father. This is a custom, but this is not what Elizabeth wanted to do. And a lot of times that happens. God has prompted you to do something. It's very unorthodox is what I would say. And so when they hear you say, they're like, that doesn't make sense. A story I can think of off the top of my head is when, when I was presented with an opportunity to work a job where I would make quite a bit of money, but the job entailed traveling a lot and then also long hours with that traveling. And I was just like, that, no. I don't feel a, a quickening in my heart to do that. And I had people just say, but you're young. Like, you don't have anything holding you back. You might as well do that for a couple of years, pay all your debt off. And then, you know, you can get back into this podcasting thing. And I'm just like, mm, that that's not going to work. Like, God isn't telling me to pause the podcast right now to go and do that. And if we go back to at the proper time, like the time is now to do the podcast until God tells me to halt it. This is the proper time. And I, I, I can't move outside of the will of God. But, you know, you have people who who are looking out for your best interests. They weren't trying to to upset Elizabeth. They weren't trying to do that. They were just thinking from an earthly standpoint and not a spiritual standpoint. But Elizabeth stood her ground. And that's what I want y'all to do if you're going through a situation like that. Stand your ground. You know what God told you to do. Don't look at the advice of others or the common sense of it all in a situation and just change because you're like, okay, yeah, that makes more sense. Don't look at it like that. Remember what God told you. Do what God told you to do, okay? And so it wasn't that easy for Elizabeth to get that baby named John because when the relatives heard her say, okay, we're going to name that baby John, they were just like, what? Verse 61 says, none of your relatives has that name. So they went to Zachariah to find out what he wanted to call the baby. They had like completely forgot about what Elizabeth just said and went to Zachariah like, Elizabeth just didn't get him a name for that baby. <laughs> These people so funny. So verse 63 tells us he asked for a writing tablet and he wrote his name is John. And they were all amazed. Elizabeth just told y'all what that baby name was. But okay, go off, sis. So in verse 64, it tells us immediately his mouth being Zechariah, his mouth was open and his tongue set free. And he began to speak, praising God. 
everything that God said was going to come to pass came to pass. And the last verse in this chapter says, All who heard about him took it to heart, saying, What then will this child become? For indeed, the Lord's hand was with him. The Lord's hand was with John. The Lord's hand is with you as you walk through your life. Just remember that. And that is the end of the Nativity Story Part 1 for Obedience Podcast. Mary that you know. But I did have a key takeaway from this entire study as I was studying it. And at the time, it was something that I definitely needed. And as I'm recording this episode, it's even more something that I need right now in this season of my life. And I'll I'll ask y'all for prayers too for me. Continue to keep me in your prayers for patience and understanding and yielding and being obedient. I have some blogs that are going to come out um, during Vlogmas that's going to go into more detail about that. But yeah, definitely just keep me in your prayers. But my takeaway for this study that I completed today, or we completed today, is that Zachariah and Elizabeth, they waited many, many years for John. But during those years, they never lost their hope and trust in God. They remained righteous. You remember in verse 6, it told us that they were righteous in the sight of God. They were blameless. So even in all that waiting, even in all those prayers that they felt like weren't answered at the time, they still kept their hope in God. They still kept their trust in God through all of that waiting. And so you may have a request that's just as heart-filled as Zachariah and Elizabeth's request to have a son. I'm sure that they started praying when they were young to have kids and they never stopped their prayer. Do not stop praying for what you want. Do not lose hope for what you want. Do not give up or turn away from God regarding what you want. Even if your prayer isn't answered right now, it's due to manifest at the proper time. You just got to keep trusting in God, trusting in his wisdom, trusting in his love, and trusting in his care for you. And keep your eyes fixed on things will happen at its proper time. Going back to my all-time favorite scripture, Proverbs 3 and 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. It may not make sense. It may be bonkers, but It makes sense to God. He sees the grand scheme of things. He sees things from heaven's point of view, from a a topical point of view. So he knows how everything is going to work. So he knows when things need to line up or when things need to happen. And you just got to keep trust and believe in that. I want to read an excerpt out of my Bible, too. It says, God answers prayer in his own way and in his own time. He works in an impossible situation. Elizabeth's age and barrenness to bring about the fulfillment of all the prophecies concerning the Messiah. If you want to have your prayers answered, you must be open to what God can do in impossible situations. And you must wait for God to work in his way and in his time. So you just have to trust in God. Continue to keep your trust in God. Even if we go back to Mary, immediately saying yes to God. She trusted in him. The 
basis of the nativity story is all about trust and it's something that we need to have as well even if we go even further you know to when Jesus is born and when he gets crucified on the cross gives us the ability to all become saved and have eternal life that's all about trusting that he is our savior that is the basis of it all trust we have to trust God in our situations so I encourage you to reflect on this episode go back and listen to it especially if you're having a tough time in trust and just lean into it I will continue to pray I will pray for you in the area of trust and you pray for me in the area of trust because I'm working on it too as well we are in this together sis Actually, I want to do a little prayer for us right now while we're in this posture. So let's take a moment and bow our heads in prayer. Father God, I want to thank you for the message that you've given us today. In this season of my life, the nativity story is, is showing me trust so profoundly. Last year may have been something different, but this year I know it's to trust in you, God. And I know that you want the viewers and listeners out there to also lean into trusting in you, God. We pray that through the rest of this year in 2023, that we learn to trust in you more. You help us trust in you more. You show us ways that we can trust in you. You send us sermons to help us trust in you. You show us things that we know that we can always trust in you. We thank you for sending your son on here to save us. And we trust that he is the one and only savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, y'all. So that is the end of this episode. That is all that I have in my notes. So next week we are going to pick up where we left off because there's a lot left to talk about, okay? Jesus isn't even born yet. We just got John born. So next week we're going to pick up and we're going to see what Joseph was thinking through all of this. And then of course, we're going to see the birth of Jesus and all the chaos that happened after it. So if y'all are looking forward to that, y'all let me know and definitely follow. So you'll get notified when that comes out, that will come out next Tuesday. But before I go, I do have two questions for y'all. Like I always do. Can y'all let me know what was your key takeaway? And also did you learn anything new? If you are watching on YouTube, you can comment down in the comment section. But if you're listening on Spotify, you can answer in the Q&A section of the app. And if you're listening anywhere else, you can always send me an email to our email address, obediencepodcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from you guys. The goal of this podcast is to be like a virtual life group. So definitely do not hesitate to reach out. We love to hear from you. And then I want to give a very special shout out to anybody that's watching on the YouTube premiere right now. I see you. We see each other. It means so much that you are joining me right now. I missed you guys so much last week. And I thank you so much for holding it down in the chat this week. If you do want to be a part of the YouTube premiere family, I always premiere the video portion of the podcast over on my YouTube channel at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time every single Tuesday. Typically, let me not say every single time. I try my best. <laughs> but if you do want to see the video portion of this podcast, you can definitely check the show notes below and the link will be down there below for you to subscribe to my YouTube channel. And regardless of where you are watching or listening, I want you all to share this episode with five of your friends. We have to get the nativity story out and we have to see if people know. Did Mary really know? 
So definitely share this with five of your friends. All right, so that's all that I have for you guys today. I pray that you enjoyed this episode. Y'all let me know if y'all like episodes like this. We may do more like this in Obedience Podcast Roundup. But I do thank y'all so much for joining me. I pray that this episode found you blessed, and I pray that it left you even more blessed. But in the meantime, in between time, as always, be obedient, and I will see y'all tomorrow over on my YouTube channel. And for everybody that's just listening to the podcast, I will see y'all next week. Ciao!